Hello, and welcome to the Elk River Lutheran Church Powered by Love podcast, recorded in beautiful downtown Elk River, Minnesota, right on the banks of the Mississippi River. Today we'll explore the Bible, life, and faith. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some sacred wit. To be powered by love is a spiritual thing, more than a feeling. To be powered by love Don't take money Don't take fame Don't take no credit card To ride this train It's strong and sudden It's cruel sometimes But it might just save Your life To be powered by love Well, good morning. So how did everyone's drive to church go this morning? Uh, any traffic infractions anyone wants to confess or you're speeding because you were so anxious to get here? Okay, well, good, good. Uh, I, I asked because I want to start uh, by sharing a story, two driving stories, actually. From the last couple of weeks, two driving experiences, bad driving experiences that I had. The one was just a few weeks ago. I was leaving the church to head home, and so I was driving on Proctor Avenue, and all of a sudden, a car blew through the stop sign, slammed on his brakes. I slammed on my brakes. We stopped just in time that we didn't hit each other. It was close. And I thought, oh, learn to drive, you maniac. There may have been some other words muttered, but they can't be repeated in church on a Sunday morning. I thought, man, oh, man, people drive crazier than ever these days, it seems. Well, so then that same week, there was one morning I was getting the kids ready for school, and it was not going well. It was one of those mornings where uh, Stanley was telling me his pants didn't feel right, and he, he was very upset about it. And Benjamin, our two-year-old, had decided that he wanted to have fruit snacks for breakfast. And I put my foot down and said, no. And so we had an hours-long fight about breakfast of fruit snacks. And so they're driving me crazy, they're frustrated, and on top of it, I was on my way to a 9 o'clock meeting that morning, which is always pretty dicey, because I can't drop the kids off at school till 8.55. <laughs> So I knew it was going to be tight. I'm probably going to be a few minutes late, so I'm a little stressed about that. But I get the kids where they need to go. I get onto Proctor Avenue once again. I'm cruising along. I go to change lanes, put my blinker on, start merging, and I hear honk. Oh, you know that feeling? Well, I didn't hit the car that was right to my right, but we were close. It was close, and so I did one of those little waves. Maybe you've done it where you're like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, the kids are driving me crazy. I'm running a little late for a meeting. I just didn't see you. I said a lot with that little wave. And the person in the other car said, learn to drive, you maniac. <laughs> they maybe muttered some words that shouldn't be mentioned in church. And I thought, holy cow, isn't it interesting how... I can be so quick to judge some other driver in some other car and yet just as quick to think, oh gosh, I hope they give me the benefit of the doubt and understand what a tough day I've been having. I hope they can offer me the kind of extend the grace and understanding to me that I was not so quick to extend to that other person. 
I think it's so interesting. That, in a nutshell, is the human condition, isn't it? How we can be so quick to judge others and yet just as quick to hope that others aren't judging us. That we can be so quick to assume the worst about other people while we really want everyone to understand and assume the best of us, that we are doing the best we can today. That's kind of our theme here today making room for those who are doing the best they can. And it works from the assumption that, you know what? We're all doing the best we can. And some days that isn't great, like you're merging and almost crashing into people. But nonetheless, we're doing the best we can. And we would sure love to get that grace and acceptance and forgiveness from others. And so what if we started extending it to others a little more? We're talking about some different characters during this season of Advent. And the season, uh, the, the season of Advent, and this character that we're talking about this morning is the innkeeper, which is one of the most interesting characters in the Christmas story because the innkeeper is not in the Christmas story. Or is he? Or is she? Are they? Uh, after all, if you read the Bible uh, really close, there is no mention of an innkeeper ever. Uh, it doesn't say yeah, that there is an innkeeper. It says that Mary and Joseph roll into Bethlehem and are in need of a place to stay. Actually, if we can go to the next slide there, Nick. And here's what different translations say at the end, because it starts by saying, And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger because there was no room at the inn, no place in the guest room, no guest room available for them, or no lodging available for them. Different translations say it different ways, but they all kind of communicate that basic idea. Mary and Joseph need a place to stay, whether that's a hotel, a motel, a hostel, a guest house, a Airbnb, a room at Cousin Eddie's house. I mean, wherever they can find a place, that's what they're hoping for and shooting for. And yet they're apparently told there is no room. Somehow they get the message that they don't have a place to stay that night. And so over the centuries, over the generations, kids' Christmas programs have been told and uh, songs have been written, all that communicate this idea that, well, someone had to be there, wherever there was, to tell them that there was no place. And so we say, I bet it was that darn innkeeper. I bet it was that innkeeper who looks at this laboring woman and uh, exasperated Joseph and says, you know what? We just don't have any room. And over the years, uh, you know, that idea, I think, has gotten pretty formed in our minds. Where, well, yeah, there must have been an innkeeper, right? There had to have been. And we imagine this um, uh, no vacancy sign lit up on the little small town hotel on the edge of town, that there was just no room at the inn. And so that darn innkeeper, he just told them no and sent them on their way, and that was it. It's never been a very sympathetic uh, telling of that character's story, the innkeeper. I think over centuries, we've been pretty quick to judge the innkeeper, thinking, oh, come on, you could have done better, couldn't you? We think, this is Mary and Joseph about to have a baby, and you couldn't even find a, a room or a hallway or you know, a closet. Anything would have been better than what was offered. And what was offered, apparently, was the stable. The barn, uh, a place there where ultimately the baby Jesus is laid in a manger because there was no room, no place. 
No good place, that is. But what if we kind of turned the script on that story a little bit and tried to give that innkeeper the benefit of the doubt and to say, you know what? Maybe that innkeeper was doing the best they could. Maybe the innkeeper, that was the best they could. And after all, here we are telling this story 2,000 years later, and it was enough. Could it have been better? Could they have been, had better accommodations that night? Yeah, <laughs> I would say they could have. And yet where they ended up was enough. And here we are telling the story all these years later, trusting that what took place that night took place in spite of any other kind of hard conditions that were a part of the story and actually make the story even all the more powerful and memorable. That's the Son of God, the Savior, is born in a humble stable. What if, just like us, that innkeeper was doing the best he could? And what if this Christmas season, we all just tried to assume that everyone in our lives is doing the best they can? Those family members who frustrate us sometimes, those people we interact with at stores who seem to be in such a hurry, what if we just assume that, you know what, they're probably doing the best they can? Because you know what? We're doing the best we can, aren't we? That's where we're at. I love the Christmas story because this Christmas story that starts by not making room for Jesus actually continues by making room for all interesting cast of characters. The Christmas story that doesn't have a good room for Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus does make room for shepherds, these poor, hardworking shepherds out on the edge of town, out on the edge of society. There's a place for them in the story. There's a place in the Christmas story that makes makes room for wise men, these non-religious astrologer wise men from the East. There's a place for them in the story. There's a place for all of us, for you and for me, whether we are making room for other people in a really good way or we're quick to judge a bad driver blowing a stop sign. There's a place for us in this Christmas story because there's a place for us in God's story a place that we are all a part of. What happens next in Jesus' life and ministry is it's all about making room for other people. I think the Christmas story sets the stage for all of Jesus' life and ministry because that's what it is, making room for imperfect people and saying, come on, you're doing the best you can, you're doing the best you can, we're all just doing the best we can. Let's come together, show each other some grace, and celebrate God's grace. That's the calling of this Christmas, to make room for one another as God has made room for us. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us. You can find more information about Elk River Lutheran Church at our website, elkriverlutheran.org. And if you'd like to give to support this podcast and the other ministries of the church, just click that Give button at the top of the homepage. Thanks again, and have a great week. Don't take money, don't take fame, but it might just save your life to be powered by love.